Welcome to 100 Lunches. I'm Jessica Nelson. And I'm Stephanie Lindsay. We're the founders of Etch Design Group. Each episode, we'll have intimate conversations that transcend the usual lunch meeting. We'll dig into the lives of fascinating people in the design industry, and we'll ask the big questions, the small questions, and maybe even a few that sound like it came straight from a fortune cookie. Our vision for this podcast is to uncover the hidden gems and what led each of our guests to their calling in life, from childhood dreams to favorite lunchtime meals. Buckle up, you're in for a treat. Today, we are joined by John Martin, co-owner of Ascension Realty Group and Tower Property Management here in Austin, Texas. Fun fact about John is he also has a podcast called Rough Housing, so be sure to check that out. It's super fun. Uh, John is an Austin native, and here in Austin, we call that a unicorn. There are very few and far between. And John attended undergrad at Texas State University, go Bobcats, where he, pers- <laughs> where he pursued a degree in biology in hopes to one day become a high school teacher and football coach. Life, on the other hand, had different plans for John, and in 2011, he was steered into finding his true passion and calling in life as a real estate agent. John is a kid at heart, which you will learn very well after this, and he <laughs> loves spending time with his friends and family, as well as his beautiful daughter, Hazel Ray. And as you'll quickly learn about John today, he loves this wonderful ride we call life. So we're so excited to have you here, and I know I am personally so excited to learn more about you. So thank you for coming on. Thanks for having me on. I'm excited. John, thank you so much. We are so excited. You know, we have been friends for a long time, actually, even before we started our businesses, a seemingly short and small interaction, it turns out can turn into a long friendship. And you just never know who you'll meet today that would cheer you on for years to come. I think our friendship is a true testament of that. Um, Just to give everyone a little background. Years ago, when my husband was graduating graduate school, we needed to move to a different apartment. Our lease was up. And I had gone all over Austin and called multiple places, gone to a few in person, and was running out of luck. The timing of ours and our budget was just not matching up with a whole lot of apartment complexes. And I walked into an apartment complex, met with the leasing manager. And as I was walking out, because we didn't have the right fit, his, he didn't have any openings for when we needed to move in. He said, you know, you might reach out to this guy. Here's his business card. He's super cool. He'll help you find an apartment. Bam. John Martin's (laughs) business card. So you helped us find that first apartment. You helped us find our first home that we purchased. You helped us sell that home and buy another one when our family grew. And you've been a part of our lives ever since then. We've referred clients to each other and we both started businesses around the same time. It's just been a wild ride and super fun to watch you grow and to see just how what a journey this has been. It's insane. It's wild. It's like the relationship piece of, of what both of us do and, and all three of us do. It's, it's so big. And I mean, you know, as, as life grows and you kind of travel through this crazy ass ride that is life, you never know when that, that one interaction is going to kind of just grow into a big oak tree of relationship. And it's, it's a beautiful thing. And, and you and Ian were at the beginning of my career. It's, it's always very to me to kind of look back and see that I'm, something went right to keep these relationships going and, and here we are today I had, a, 
I scrambled up here for a closing that I had um, at 10 this morning. It was kind of the same situation. It was a, she's a sweetheart of a lady and I'd sold her daughter a house when I first started in real estate and they've done like three or four transactions with me. And this was another one. She wrote me this sweet card about just how, you know, how cool it is to have that kind of relationship. I damn near started tearing up at the closing table. I was like, I, was like, I gotta, I gotta go to the other room real quick. But uh, it's, it's really cool to, to look back and see that it's wild. It's like, that's what, the cool thing about relationships and just human beings and just interacting with people, you know, you never know. And it's, it's a, uh, it's a beautiful thing about what we do. And you guys are in the same kind of industry where you've just, you talk to a lot of people, you guys get to know a lot of people in stressful environments and exciting environments and everything in between. And it's, it really does cultivate all kinds of relationships. And, you know, if you're, if you're a decent person, I think you kind of feed those over the years and then they grow and then here we are mm -hmm. and, you know you and i go way way back and it's uh it's really cool to look at that so i appreciate you guys touching on that and having me having me on this today of course we're so excited although i have known you for many years i don't know the backstory and when i saw that you majored in biology i went there has got to be a story here because this the john that i know does not match biology <laughs> <Yeah>. no <laughs> No, and it, it kind of blows people away. So I, I, I was, uh, you know, big into football when I was a kid. Um, and I, I was kind of a knucklehead when I was in high school and I kind of screwed up my, any chances for me to have some sort of future as a football player. But one of the most impactful people in my football career was my biology teacher, who was also my linebacker coach. And I've always, I wanted to be a marine biologist when I was a kid. I loved, I loved science. I liked you know, I, I loved the ocean. I loved the kind of exploration of the unknowns in the science realm. And so when I got into college, didn't know anything, what I wanted to do. I it was just a, a wild man, just again, kind of a, a knucklehead. You say that when, as if you're not wild today. Still, still wild, <laughs> but I guess a different type of wild, if you will. But uh, I, I went through a bunch of different things and then I just was like, you know what? I, I, I love biology. I love the science classes I was taking. So I decided to be a biology major and I got through all my biology classes. My, my minor was chemistry, which was challenging for me because of organic chemistry. If anybody's had an organic chemistry class, it is a booger. And I just couldn't pass it. I was, I didn't have the dedication to anything back then. And so I, I kind of brushed that off and I never finished. I got, I was probably about three classes short of a degree. And at the same time, I was waiting tables, bartending. And, um, you know, I wanted the hope. The hope was to get my biology degree and be a teacher. I wanted to coach football and be, you know, have little little bestow tutelage onto kids that were like myself and hopefully get amped up in the in the football world. But. Whenever I was kind of going through that, I, I, I never really sunk my teeth into it and never moved me. I, I'm a very, I, I tend to kind of lily pad to ideas and have a bunch of different things that I want to do. And so whenever I kind of stopped dedicating myself to school, I got firefighter certified. I got EMT certified. I wanted to be a firefighter. At the same time, I was getting my real estate license. My girlfriend at the time had this apartment locator helper find an apartment and they were like hey you'd be good at this my grandmother was an apartment or a real estate agent in dallas for years and very successful her husband played in the nfl too which is kind of funny because they both were influences on me but um i always just knew anybody that knows me either thought i would be a lawyer or a real estate agent 
So, and that was, that's been the case since I was like in fifth grade. I used to, I used to have debates with my teachers if they told me to do something. So <laughs> that, that kind of helped kind of feed that need to be with people and bartending, waiting tables for 10 years. I mean, I just, I just, I'm the most happiest when I'm in front of people talking to people. And then it just so happened that, that I started doing the locating thing. It came before the firefighter thing. It was hard to become a firefighter when I was doing it back then. It was, it was very saturated and very challenging to do that. Um, and so one kind of the one shoe dropped before the other, and uh, I'm glad it did because it it really started taking, started kind of taking root and grabbing a hold of me. And my grandma always used to tell me that it would be, it's very addictive. The career that I'm in is very addictive, and it does kind of control your life. It's chaotic and almost yeah. psychotic, if you will. But uh, it it worked out. And I, it, I I loved it, and it, I started getting better. And figuring out how to do other things with it, and here we are. I love that. I love that. So it's amazing. You have two. You have two groups that you lead. So you've got Ascension Realty Group, and then you've got the Tower Property Management. So does the property management side kind of do the um, uh, like locating apartment locating things? Tell us kind of a, a little bit about both and and what each one does. <clears throat> yeah. So the lineage on that, just kind of the background, is I started doing the apartments back in like two thousand late 11 to early 2012 um by like 2013 i was managing my my the building that we were at for the apartment locating it was funny one of the one of the managers left and got promoted and so i became an assistant manager and back then again knucklehead kind of a look i didn't i was in my early 20s didn't know anything and this opportunity was granted towards me. And I remember sitting at her desk, she was like, you want to be my assistant? There's a little pay bump, responsibilities, whatever. I was like, well, why me? I don't, I don't know what I'm doing. You know, you can't, <laughs> you can't trust me to, to, you know, the, the inmates to run the prison. I, you know, I'm not, I'm not good at that. <laughs> and I ended up doing it leap of faith and it really changed my kind of paradigm. It was a paradigm shift for me and really, really showed me that I could take on the responsibility. It was more of a pride thing for me. It was like, you know, I don't want to mess up. I remember writing emails to like 200 agents that were in our community and being like, shit, I better make sure that these things are spelled right. And I don't sound like <laughs> a ding dong, you know? And like, so it really kind of dug up like a different side of me that was beneficial. And then, you know, the money kind of got better and that, that helped me excel. And I always wanted more. So I went from locating and just leasing apartments to getting the credentials to sell properties people would come to me and be like, you're not a real real estate agent. You can't buy or sell me a house. You're just in the ghetto slaying an apartment. So I was like, oh yeah, you're probably right. Let me fix that. So <laughs> I had some opportunities come up where I could get my feet wet in that. And then um, one of my childhood friends, another Austinite, who is my now business partner, work, work wife slash husband, joined at the hip. We're Siamese twins. We don't do much without each other. Fight like we're married. But we, he... He was in real estate a couple of years before me. So I would always like tap him on the shoulder, like, hey, what do I do with this contract? He'd be like, well, you got to read it first to understand. I was like, no, just tell me what to fill it in. I'll, <laughs> I'll regurgitate it to the next one. So we're very different in a lot of ways. But anyways, he was, we were so close because we grew up together, same age and just had the same group of friends. And he kind of, he helped me with the buy and sell thing. And then about a year into that, I guess it was like 2014, he we were at Austin Java and he was like, Hey, you want to start a property management company? 
because I know the leasing side. He was a broker, so he was like, we can just hang on to my deal. You can help me with the leasing, and I'll kind of start the business side. So legit cocktail napkins were trying to figure out what it was. At this point, he was with Keller Williams. I was still doing apartment locating. And so it took us about a year to kind of cobble together a game plan on how to create Tower, which is the management side. And we went through it. It was fun. We learned how to build, you know, EINs and LLCs and create branding and get a, I mean, you guys know how this rolls. I mean, y'all, y'all did the yeah. same thing. And, you know, it's like, what, where do we start? What do we do? And we were fortunate to, so we, we created everything. We created our entities. We were able to do that in separate brokerages because it was completely independent of both. And then it, we had, we we're fortunate to have a few colleagues that had investment properties that were like guinea pigs for us. We're like, here, yeah, we'll let these two, two dipshits, you know, run our properties. And so we, we started there and figured out how to do it. And it was about a five-year journey of just, just failing our way forward and getting our noses bloody. And then about probably two or three years into it, I demoted myself from the management role because it was taking so much time. We were meeting at Austin Java and mm -hmm. we were getting so much frequency to where we're running everything. So it's like, I would go plug holes in leaky walls and, you know, get limes out of disposals. And, you know, we, we were a two man show that had to run it. And we, I think we probably had about 25, 30 properties at that point where we were like, okay, we got to figure something out here. So, I demoted myself. He he had a kind of a real estate name already through Keller Williams. And I was like, look, it probably makes sense that we just merge everything together, just split everything, join at the hip, do some sort of surgical, you know, alignment <laughs> with our bodies, souls and minds. And so he let me kind of seed into his real estate company too, which is Ascension. So I bought my way in to be half partner of that because there was no way around it. The, the, the real estate side and the management side are so intertwined that we had to have them kind of together, if you will. Yeah. And so I left the apartment experts and joined Keller Williams and kind of joined him at that. And then it really started kind of kicking off. And so they are two separate entities completely. Um, they are, we run them completely separate on the back end and the front end. And to kind of answer your question in a long way, the management side, we have we now have over 700 properties that we manage all over the city. We've got about 15 staff members. It's it's bananas. And so they do, Tower does all of the management make ready for these properties, whereas Ascension does the leasing and the acquisition piece of it. Okay. Um, and so now we have agents underneath us on the Ascension side where we kind of teach them how to do apartment locating. A lot of people come into this industry and like, I want to buy and sell houses right away. Well, well yeah, I want a lot of things, but you know, yeah. you kind of got to, got to crawl before you walk and run and sprint. And so I always teach people, I, I, I was able to build my book of business off leases and still survive. You know, people mm -hmm. get into it and sell one or two homes in a year and don't make any money and they fizzle mm -hmm. out where you can do leases, make money and survive, but also build your database too. So mm -hmm. we kind of, we kind of pitched that to our agents and that's the relationship between the two pieces. And it was, it was a hell of a ride still is, man. It's, it's hard. Cause my staff, you know, they, they look at me, they think I'm in this little ivory tower and they're like, you don't do any of the day to day stuff. I'm like, don't get it twisted. Boy, I used to do everything. <laughs> we, I mean, we didn't, we didn't pay ourselves for five years just because we had to throw it back to the business. I mean, you guys, uh, I know I've said this a couple of times, but y'all, y'all know how it goes to start from scratch and build something. And that's the, yeah. the journey was amazing. <laughs> 
Yeah. Well, now you're almost a decade into this in terms of your own baby and your, your companies. I think that you and Justin are very similar to me and Jess. And I think Jess is the John and I am more of the Justin. (laughs) (laughs) You are, you, the two of you are the crazy one. I am. (laughs) She's got to keep me in line, rope me in from time to time. Same way. Also the fun. We have a kind of an analogy where I'm the shotgun shell and he's the barrel, you know, and it, it's, <laughs> it, 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 he's, he's very laser focused and diligent on certain things where I'll just, just go, go nuts. And it's, a, it's a, it's a, it's a good relationship, but yeah, it's a yin and yang for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. What, what do you think is the secret between the two of you? Because most partnerships do not last. You know, that, and we struggle with that a lot. It, it took us a while to learn how to dance with each other. Legit. I mean, even now we will butt heads. We have gotten into drag out almost <laughs> fist fights with each other. And it's, it's a lot. I mean, if you boil it down, I mean, I see him and interact with him more than anybody else in my life. I mean, family. They all down. So it's, it, it took a while. I think there, I think there's a lot to be said for one, his patience. I mean, he is a very patient person with me. Mm-hmm. I, I, I can be, I recognize how intense it is to be next to me all the time. And (laughs) I think he realizes that, but he has some flaws too that I know how to absorb and it's just taken years. I think, I think the childhood history helped us kind of kick it off at the beginning. And so we just, we didn't have to learn how to talk to each other like humans because we've known each other since sixth grade. So it's like, I could thump him on the chest and be like, stop doing that, you ding dong. And he could do the same thing to me out the gate. So it wasn't like we had these like kid gloves for a while where we had to figure out, you know, yeah. who would take what. But dude, that, that that's a challenging relationship, no matter mm-hmm. what. It's like a marriage. It's just like everything else. It takes work. It takes it takes a lot of effort and understanding and patience and ebbs and flows. And it's to this day, it's challenging. I mean, we, we have since we have a construction company now that we we run together. We started the damn podcast, and so it's a lot of these these high frequency interactions that we have with each other and high stress things that can get in the way. And I think now it's it's like I, I go back to the marriage piece. It's like you know you got this sixty year old couple that's been married for forty years, and they don't they don't fight or bicker that much. They just kind of moan and groan and get through it. It's like that's <laughs> that's where we're at now. It's like oh, shit. All right, well. You have this one. I'll take the next one, kind of deal. You know, I'll, I'll lay on this grenade and give you what you right. want. It's, it's hard. That's so true. It's it's a give and take. I mean, there are there are things where Stephanie just knows, like I'm not at the mental state to to deal with something right now, and it's it's a very like unwritten rule. Like she just steps in when she needs to, and I step in when I need to, and we can just sense that about each other of you know, understanding like who's going to take this and, and who's going to roll with it. And no one ever complains either. It's just, they, they know what that role is and when they need to, to jump in. And it sounds like you guys have that same kind of, you know, ESP with each other. Yeah. And you have to cultivate that. And it's, there is a love for each other where I, I do love him immensely. And it's a, it's a different kind of love than every other relationship that I have because we're so intertwined. We we always talk about all the babies that we have with each other. And it's like, (laughs) You know, there's no getting, no getting rid of me in any, any new endeavor that I have. And same with him. I try to bring him in on it just because we're so yeah. used to being together. But 
Well, I think we could probably all get rich by detailing a, a, a book and like a uh, maybe an encyclopedia or instruction manual on how to um, navigate yeah. business relationships with your business partners. Believe me, it is actually on our book writing list. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Yeah, I figured y'all already have that. Man, John. <laughs> yeah. Well, so many people have told us along the way, you're not going to last. Business partnerships oh, yeah. do not last. And there, there are partnerships that last and there have to be ones that want to last and don't. And so if there mm -hmm. is some sort of advice, we would be happy to share it. So yep. that's so cool that you guys have each other. And I think it makes it more fulfilling too. It does. It does. And it's, it's, I was actually had this conversation this morning with a client of mine that has an opportunity to bring on somebody with his business. And I was like, you know, there are days, little snippets where I'm like, I could do this myself. You know, I don't need anybody. But then the 90% of the time, I'm so grateful to have somebody to fall back on. It's a safety net. It's almost like us against the world, right? If, you know, things go to shit, I, I know I got him. And, you know, and boy, it's very much like a marriage. It's, 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 uh, it's, uh, it's a wonderful thing. And also there are days where it's, where it's not so wonderful. But... <laughs> As with anything. So... Yeah. The real estate Austin, uh, the real estate market in Austin, I'd say, is kind of cutthroat. You've got a lot of agents out there. Um, everyone kind of does the, the same thing. So, what sets you apart, and how do you continue to grow and develop professionally in your industry? Man, I, I think it's my manic personality. I'm a freaking nut to the core, and I think that <laughs> helps. Honestly, it's like I. I don't, one, I don't wear the monkey suit and I try to be as personal as possible with people yeah. and not bullshit anybody. I mean, there's a lot of, there's a lot of vibrato in my industry that I try to stay away from. There's a lot of ego, which I certainly have, but it's, it's, uh, I'm very fortunate to grow up here and have the sphere of influence that I have with the people that I know. I, you know, being born and raised here, I think I have a leg up on most people because I can reference things that people can't reference that automatically mm -hmm. give me clout. I can you know, tap on the shoulders of everybody that I know. Most of the people I grew up with are still here. It's wild. Yeah. Like we, you know, I know we're, we're unicorns of such, but my sphere, I, I can still go anywhere and see someone I grew up with. It's still got that small town feel to me. Mm -hmm. um, and so that's helpful. But in this industry, man, if you can't, if you can't grind every day and really treat it like a, a passionate thing, then you're not going to do well. And I think, I, I think that's where I, kind of separate myself from a lot of people is I, I sleep with it. I take it everywhere I go. I, it's important to me. And I'm competitive against myself. I compete against myself every single day. I tell my agents, I, it bugs me and this sounds arrogant, but I hate people that have, and if y'all do this, I'm, everybody <laughs> has adopted this, but I don't like it when people have goal setting every single year. It, 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 it bugs me. It irks me. I, to me, that's a daily thing. It's like, look, I, if I have to sit down and motivate myself every year to better myself from the year before, I ain't doing it right. I want to wake up every day and kick John's ass from yesterday and just always keep that momentum. And that's what fuels me. I I, I, I want to be better. It's it's taxing. And the older I get, the more I get into it, I, you know, I start maybe thinking, oh, maybe I need to throw it back. I don't know if I'll ever let myself do that. So it's, mm -hmm. it's a big piece. And, and, the, the last part of that is just the relationship piece. And it truly is about relationships and putting yourself out there and being vulnerable and doing things that you don't always want to do. And, <laughs> you know, putting that kind of aspect first so that you can excel in your profession, which is hard for people to do. I mean, it, you know, I, everywhere I go, I don't, 
I don't network or market myself intentionally. It's just who I am. I want to talk to you. I want to, I want to chat it up with you. And I like people. I like bullshit with people. And it's fun for me to do. It's what resonates in what I do. Uh-huh. That's, yeah. that's funny you say that because so Stephanie always gives me crap because she's she's like, we are always ordering you business cards. Like, what do you do with them? <laughs> and like, there will be these random times where I'm like, oh, yeah. Uh, hey, we got, she's like, we got an email from this guy. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I met him at HEB. We were talking about yeah. such and such. And she's like, what? And I'm like, that's just what I do. Like, I, if I'm standing next to someone, I'm probably talking to them. Uh, yeah. So I, I get it. I totally get it. <laughs> That's the way to do it. Yep. It's the only way. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's so good. Well, <clears throat> it's interesting that you say that because I, where I thought you were going to go with that was a uh, business plan because we do not have a business plan. And people have no, asked us in the never past have. of like, hey, can you send us your business plan? Or, you know, when we're looking for lending or things like that, we're like, we don't have a business plan. We're, no, we, we're, just- we're like fly by the seat of our pants like wherever the wind takes us is where we're gonna go same <laughs> sometimes same. for good sometimes for bad <laughs> we're the same way and we've gotten we've gotten there's so many other people involved with what we do now where we have to sit down and be like all right mm-hmm. let's at least map out what we're our expectations are mm-hmm. for you and the team yeah. just to keep them accountable but yeah i mean that same way same thing it's the same kind of thought process it's like Every day we're in it, we learn how to try to be better than what we screwed up on. Mm-hmm. That's our business plan is to fix the mistakes that we make from the day before. I mean, that's, mm-hmm. that's the best way that we outline it. But, it, you know, everybody has their own motivation. I, 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 it, it, it drives me crazy when agents get into this business and they're not motivated. They're lazy. They think things come easy. This is a crazy ass industry and it's mm-hmm. taxing. As all get out, you are a business owner in every little level that you can think of. And it's, 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 it's not for everybody. And if you don't have that just forward momentum all the time, you're going to burn out and not be good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we ain't going to let that happen. No, <laughs> no, sorry. <laughs> no. Okay. Well, we want to have a little bit of fun with you, John. Yeah. Bring it. Stephen Colbert has a series of 15 questions that he sometimes asks his guests. Have you seen this before? I've seen snippets of it. Yes. Okay. Okay. So he says it's his way of finding or helping someone be truly known. Okay. So we're going to go speed round. All right. 15 questions. What's the best sandwich? Uh, Philly cheesesteak. What's one thing you own that you really should throw out? Ooh. Most of the shirts that still don't fit me because I got too fat, but I think one day I will not be fat and can wear them again. I think we can all relate. Yeah. What is the scariest animal? Ooh, animal? Big birds. They're weird. <laughs> yeah, it's terrifying to me. Like those are dinosaurs, legit. <laughs> like okay, apples. Understandable. Yep. <clears throat> apples or oranges? Apples. Have you ever asked someone for their autograph? Absolutely, yeah. Who? Uh, mainly NFL people. Uh, so when I was younger, the Burger Stadium, the Cowboys used to come to their training camp. They would play the Oilers. Um, it was kind of a, like an exposition match, uh, ex- exposition match every year, kind of like a preseason deal. And I got Troy Eggman, Deion Sanders, Alvin Harper, 
saw Tony Romo at a bar one time, his autograph. Uh, just any, if I ever see a famous person, I try not to be like that leechy person, but I'm not afraid to ask for a signature. Okay, what do you think happens when we die? So again, back to the science background, um, I, I'm a big belief that we have a conscious energy stream that runs through us. Energy cannot be created or destroyed. So um, I think there's something bigger than us. I'm very spiritual, um, even with a scientific background. There's, there's undeniable things that no one can quantify or, or answer that I think will get answered one day to us. So, uh, you know, I, I, the religion piece, to me, I have a very broad perspective on it. I, I have a hard time putting it in one basket because there's so many different beliefs, and I never want to damn somebody for their belief. And I think everybody has their mm -hmm. own way of coping with it. Um, I think that there's this massive stream of of wonderful energy that we all kind of feed back into, whether that be a heaven or some place that we can actually believe and see and and touch and feel. I hope it's that way. I also think that we're a speck on this existence of of existence, and we don't know shit. So um, it's it's hard <laughs> for people. It's hard for people to just be so 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 devout into one way it's challenging for me at least because there's so much unknown um the expanse of the universe and just how minuscule we are on the timeline the blip that is existence which i'm going into a tangent is all things that kind of kind of go into my head when i get asked that question in mm -hmm. my heart of hearts i believe there's some cool place we all get to get to live on and, and see, but I think it might get regurgitated back into some energy stream, some way, somehow that we can't even quantify or understand what that could be. Mm -hmm. What's your favorite action movie? Guardians of the Galaxy, the first one. Windor ILC. Chris Pratt is amazing. All day long, I'm too big. I need that. There's a there's a way to get the the armrest in the aisle up. Not too many people know about it because you, you can't just do it. There's a little hook underneath, so <laughs> it's a must. I'm I'm aisle always. Even like concert venues, I have to be on so I get caught voting. I just learned about that trick with the button last year for the first time. Oh yeah, so they're all different. Some are buttons, some are little hooks, some are more challenging than others, but they're mm -hmm. they're there. Mm -hmm. What's your favorite smell? Ooh, probably pine. I love the smell of pine in the wintertime. Um, it, it like a kind of Christmas tree smell. That's my favorite. I, I look forward to it every year and I blast it throughout my house. So that's just, just crazy fragrance of Christmas. <laughs> What's your least favorite smell? Um, I don't know. I'm, I'm very, I'm very, I'm like a hound dog. I, I smell everything. So, um, you know, probably broccoli. Oh, that's a great. good one. Oh. What's the most used app on your phone? Ooh, uh, probably Instagram, Facebook, or ESPN. One of the three. They probably compete against each other every, every day. <laughs> Cats or dogs? Dogs. You get one song to listen to for the rest of your life. What song do you choose? Shit, you know, I'm a huge with music. It's one of my favorite things ever. But if I had, if Gun was to my hand, one song to listen to. And I had this, I, I, I contemplate this all the time because I think about it. And <laughs> it's, I, I respect people that can actually confidently answer this question, but probably Little Wing by Stevie Ray Vaughan. Hey. Okay. What number am I thinking of? Eight. Nope, 13. 
Taylor's <laughs> describe <laughs> describe the rest of your life in five words. Um, passionately exaggerated, fun as hell. Passionately exaggerated, exaggerated, fun as hell. You're known. You're known. You're known, You're known now. Congratulations. Yeah, come on. Everybody can knows who I am now. Oh my There's gosh. probably some AI thing that'll spit out some sort of like version of myself digitally mm -hmm. based on those questions. Yeah. And, and later, whenever you go on Instagram, you're going to get lots of ads about random things you talked about, like, uh, oh, yeah. wood scent candles and you, you name it. All the, all the apples <laughs> in the world are going to come. Try this exactly. apple. Try this apple. Here's a dog for you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they know exactly. us all too well. <laughs> they do. They do. Oh, thank you for doing that. So as a real estate agent in Austin, I know that you've probably seen some pretty spectacular houses out there. So um, what is, what's been your favorite property to date and why? You know, that's going to be hard to think about. I don't know. Euclid Avenue was pretty cool. Um, that one was, was pretty. I just like the aesthetics on it. I mean, the perfect world, if that was on like a 20 acre ranch. I'd be solid with it, but now are you I mean, saying that because we designed it? <laughs> no, no, but I, I reference that all the time. It's one of my I love. I love the color scheme of it. It's it was a sexy house. I mean, the brick and the dark exterior was beautiful to me. I always like that one. That catches me. Um, I don't know. I, I don't know if I can do it. I, probably some ranch house I saw. You know, in Dripping Springs. That's I, I love the kind of ranch house style, single story massive sprawling layout um, that you can kind of sprint around, walk a mile from one corner to the next. Um, I, I don't know if I could give you one. I'd have to think too long for that, but yeah. that would be the stuff. There's okay. a ranch house with, you know, an elegant gate entry with a long winding road to get to your kind of roundabout driveway. I need a separate garage with, with lots of car spaces and a, a big sprawling ranch house style, like that kind of vibe. Yeah. When do Are we get to design your house? Yeah. Man, I, you know what? It's coming up. I, I think <clears> I want to <throat> probably, I, I do the live in a house for a couple of years and buy another one kind of deal. And I, I think, I think probably I turned 40 this year, which is wild. Um, I think by the time I'm 50, I want to start doing the forever home thing and, and getting into it. It's something I think about a lot. I want land and I want that exact house. So I wouldn't mind having like a nine hole kind of like golf course in the back. So start mm -hmm. thinking about it, you know, okay. start, start putting some ideas out there. Now you mentioned a big garage. Are you a car guy? Huge. Huge. Okay. What's your, in what's the your favorite? That I, in, the, in the sense that I like just the flashiness of it, I, to be honest with you, I can't nerd out on like the specs of every car. I can <laughs> okay. just tell you which ones I like and I like to buy them and, and play with them. So I, sure. I actually just, I have a, I have a 20, 2022 um, Corvette and I wrapped it, put some stuff in. I actually just got a supercharger put into it that just got finished yesterday. And the guy who did it sent me a video of the engine. It was, it was pretty, pretty cool watching that go. Cause it's been about a eight month process to get that. I just ordered a custom made 1960, Cobra kind of remake that's being built in South Africa and getting shipped to Florida. And that'll wow. be a cool one. It's like a Shelby Cobra. It's one of those it's iconic like a cars. Car? Pretty much. Yeah. But they, they specialize in it. There's a particular company that, that has uh, kind of carved their way to be the kid car of that version of that car. It's one of the most awesome. famous cars, but 
if I had a gun in my head yet again, and they were like, John, what's what car would you like to have for the rest of your life? That would be a tough one for me to do. I like, I like so many, but yes, I do like cars. Awesome. Well, we know you love homes. We know you love cars. And I personally know you love food. And since we are <laughs> at our virtual lunch table right now on a hundred lunches, Think back in the memory bank to your favorite meals. Maybe it was about the people you're with or the meal specifically. What stands out? What's your favorite mealtime memory? I love that question. Um, so I'm a, I am love all sorts of food, as, as you know. I like an array of food. I, I couldn't tell you, I think, if there was one last supper, that would be hard for me to quantify. Um, there's a place in Playa del Carmen in Mexico on the Riviera coastline. It's called Tacos del Fogón, and they are legit pastor, just hole in the wall. I think one of the coolest times I've ever had was uh, I was there years ago, was a little intoxicated. It was a long day of drinking margaritas and I was at a resort, I didn't want to eat the resort food. So in the middle of the night, I broke out and started was with my now ex-wife we, before we were married, you know, we fought and just like, hey, we, we walked blocks and blocks in Playa in the middle of the night and just was immersed in the culture. It was one of the probably the first handful of times I've been to Mexico and I I go a couple times a year since then because I love this experience. And we walked, I remember we stopped at a few places. We were looking for food and we stopped at a few places that just weren't very vibrant, you know, and we'd stop and have a drink, be like, no, let's go to the next one. Let's see what else we can find. And probably two or three deep, we turn the corner and there's this like corner spot it's all open. It's hard to explain. All the lights were on. There was a shit ton of people there. It was moving and grooving. It's like, that's our spot. And so I rolled up, and it just so happened to have some of the best damn tacos I've ever had. We were, I had a GoPro with me. I think I still have footage of it where I was I was drunk enough to where I was, you know, in everybody's, you know, I, I was I was very personable. So I was going to the kitchen, <laughs> like, filming the kitchen. I remember those tacos just being out of this world. So that, that's that's one of the better ones. I love that. That's awesome. Actually, I'm going there uh, in Mexico in like two weeks. So maybe what, I'll check out part? your taco space. Uh, I think it's like Playa del Carmen area. So um, you have to go to Tacos del Fogón. There's okay. like three of them now. Okay. Um, and they're they're phenomenal. They're they're incredible. So before you go, let okay. me know where you're going because I, I know that whole area pretty well. So I'll I'll can, send it I, to you. <laughs> it's it's a it's a must stop type place. Okay. Good. Good. All right. Well, to end on a serious note, what uh, is the best advice that you would give someone just starting out in your industry doing real estate here in Austin? Man, find, find something in, in any industry, real estate especially, that's going to motivate you and make you compete against yourself. That's the best way for me to do it. When I first started out, that that's what fueled me. Is like I'd look around and see people excelling, and it pissed me off that I wasn't there at their level. So every day, I was like, how do I get better so I can make the money. I mean, money's a big factor of what we do, right? It really works for a lot of reasons, but the core of it is to make money survive and provide for yourself and whoever else is dependent on you. So find an outlet that you can excel in that, that doesn't have a ceiling um, mm -hmm. for the financial gain and personal gain. I think a lot of careers have ceilings and people get stuck in them and they don't have anywhere else to go. Beautiful part about owning your own business as there's a shit ton of negative things, the beautiful part is there's no ceiling. You create your own ceiling. So mm -hmm. um, find something that doesn't have a ceiling and go whoop your butt every single day. Wake up and go get it. Love it. Awesome. Thank you, John. We just adore you. And we're so glad that you joined us today. Thank you for sharing all of yeah. these details with us.
you're a true rock star and can't wait to see where you go from here. No, you are sweet. Thanks for having me on. This was a lot of fun. Thank Thanks, you. John. You're welcome. As we wrap up an inspiring episode of 100 Lunches, we want to extend our gratitude to our incredible guest today, John Martin. Thank you so much for sharing your story and bringing a piece of your world to our virtual lunch table. And to our listeners, be sure to check out the Rough Housing Podcast and stay in touch with John and keep up with all his new ventures. Until next time, stay curious, keep dreaming big, and remember, the best conversations are always better with a side of something delicious. Mm-hmm.